March Madness brackets are being built as we speak. Kobe Bryant wins an Oscar. And the U.S. women's national team plays England in the She Believes Cup finale on Wednesday. Go USA. This is Sports Without Balls. Holy cow. A perfect score. 10 point He hacked it to 2-0. This is Sports Without Balls. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, this is Aaron Fuller, your host. We are on episode 195. That is 200 less than 395. We are back in the All Things Comedy Studio. Brand new spanking, new studio. It's gorgeous. We've got Aaron back in the booth. Go cards. With a microphone. Uh, this is this is exciting stuff. It's all coming together. Trish Sir, the co-host uh, with the most of she is uh, away this week. She's working because she likes money and she's very talented, but she'll be back next week. And uh, filling in uh, is uh, one of my dear friends. We've known each other since the 60s. <laughs> we've done stand-up together. We've watched a ton of sports together. We've celebrated holidays together. Yes. And I'm very excited uh, to sprinkle in some balls in Sports Without Balls. It's Paul Morrissey, everybody. Hey, thank you. Thank you, Aaron. Thanks for having me. And you're wearing a fantastic hat. I'm already happy. Spring training, right on the side. Spring training. Um, I think I'll probably just throw out my uh, my schedule, uh, not my schedule, my outline for the podcast. Because as I'm as I'm seeing your sweet New York Yankee hat, a, a spring training hat, I think uh, I think let's just start let's let's start talking baseball. And then I'll I'll go I'll weave around. Uh, yeah, here. well I don't I I'm ready to roll with it. But oh. if I was just in Florida for a week watching baseball games every day. All right, so let's just awesome. it's I like to carve out every podcast around my guest. So let's just jump into that. But for listeners, here's here's how it's going to go. We'll do some sweet uh, fun baseball. I'm very excited because uh, last week, right after the Olympics were over, I found myself just kind of like rocking back and forth, like crying, uh, holding myself, just going Pyeongchang, Pyeongchang, <laughs> uh, just real, real sad uh, that I the Olympics were over. I didn't really know what to do with myself. And then we got a gift from the heavens, the She Believes Cup, the U.S. Women's National Team Cup, well, playing in the She Believes Cup, and I didn't... I got so crazy with the Olympics. I didn't even promote it. I didn't even speak about it. And it started last we- uh, last Thursday. And the She Believes Cup is really great because it's France, England, Germany, and America, arguably the top four teams in women's soccer. You know, I would I would say we'd probably get some flack from the Netherlands and all Canada, the countries we hate, all the countries that we love to visit and hate <laughs> uh, hate uh, at the same time. Personally, uh, but anyway, so we'll get to that. So we're going to do some uh, She Believes Cup. Uh, I also OD'd on women's college hoops yesterday. Oh, yeah? I watched three three games uh, that set up for uh, some... Pr- I got pretty excited about March Madness. It doesn't take a lot. So I felt very lucky that I had soccer, uh, women's soccer, and some lady hoops to... Nice. When, when you rip off the Olympic Band-Aid, it was nice. See, I almost entirely missed it for whatever reason. The I Olympics? traveling so much... And I, I've been following NBA, and I've been following. I was in spring training. That's a lot. Going to a game every day. So then, yeah. when you get home and you're like, "Oh, what happened in the Olympics?" 
Yeah. And I get to see like when the drones were flying around and shaping a heart at the end. That's all I saw. Wow, Paul, this is some pretty aggressive Olympic reporting. Uh, your highlights are incredible. Um, well, listen, you're you're doing spring training, and you're also in an NBA fantasy league. That's a yeah. lot. Um, I guess I would just just say, do you love America? I guess I would just <laughs> kind of throw that out. Uh, are you a Russian bot? It used to be. Well, I'll, I'll ask you. So you're a huge Olympics fan. Yes. W- winter, definitely. Oh my god! I watch everything. Doesn't matter, winter or summer. So what is what about uh, the uh, the woman who won the snowboarding and skiing medals? Ledeca, yeah, she was she was fantastic. Do you think that those are two separate entities, like uh, disciplines? Because I do. Well, yeah, sure. Everyone was saying, oh, she's going downhill well, they're on a piece of board. I'm sorry. If someone said that to me, I'd be like, I'm sorry, I can't continue this conversation because you're a fucking idiot. That's Have you ever been, first of all, snowboarding's a hundred times harder than skiing. I've, I I can't. I can't answer that because I've ne- I have never, never skied downhill or snowboard because I hurt my back yes. at a young age and I got I did cross country but I was so terrified uh, that I I should not start skiing after a back no, injury no, no, no. with uh, no insurance in my twenties <laughs> so I was like I just never did it but it, they all they both it all looks so hard and mm. so mind blowing that. If someone sat me down and said, "Oh, it's the same thing. They're both," I'd just be like, "Well, you're in, you're. I couldn't continue." Well, that's, it's yeah. so uh, unbelievable. What? But she not did. a lot of people do both, though. No, no one does. She's the only one that does yeah. it. <laughs> so of course not. She's just a world class athlete. I think. Uh, I think Chris Fairbanks was like a uh, almost pro level snowboarder, and he like broke both hands or arms or something like that. Crazy. I don't, yeah. when they were doing those like 365, 87, 12, what, I, and the numbers kept growing by the end, it was like yeah. a 1400. And you're like, I don't even, <laughs> I can't even, the fact, the, the whole time I was like, someone's going to break their neck. Like some, like it's so, yeah. it was terrifying. Well, I, but grew anyway, in, you I grew up in the sticks. So our thing was we did the cross country skiing where your little toe is just connected to the ski and then you just... <laughs> Go like this, and that's yeah. supposed to be fun. Yeah. And then the first time I went downhill skiing, I was like, oh, this is amazing. Yeah. And then you do the snowboarding, which once you're going, you're fine. But, like, to get the board on should be an Olympic event. Like, yeah. that's really hard. Yeah. Like, now I think you can just step on it. But it used to be, like, you used to have to do all these straps and then find some way to get yourself up. It's almost like you're on stilts. It's pretty everyone it's really always, hard. Everyone always says, like, you got to learn how to fall first. Like if you learn how to fall properly, uh, you won't your your chances of hurting yourself are, will go down. So if you're trying to sell me on a sport where like, listen, if you don't want to rip your knees out, you gotta learn how to fall. I'm like, you know what? I think I'll just I, I love to play pickleball, basketball. I think I'm I'm think I'm just gonna enjoy it from a couch. Yeah, that's you're planning to fail at that point. Yeah, yeah. You're like- you start you start by falling. <laughs> like your bar is already so low. All right, spring training, because I spent uh, three podcasts, probably people have blood coming out of their ears, me talking about the Olympics. Uh, spring, I, I've never been, oh no, I've been to one spring training game. Oh yeah? Maybe, God, maybe 10 years ago. Wow. It wasn't even, it wasn't a Yankees game. I was visiting my 
uh, parents in Florida, and I just jumped in the car and went to Bradenton, and it was like a pirate. Uh, the pirates the Reds, have yeah. no or pirates. Pirates. Yeah, pirates, pirates in, I think they're still in Bradenton. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. And it was great. And just remind me how fun spring training is. And also, it, it, it reminded me of like a fun double-A, one-A, triple-A game. Yeah. Uh, but with better <laughs> athletes. Well, that's the best part about it. It's like, you know, the Yankees have almost turned that into their home office. Like in Tampa, there's way more Yankee fans than even Rays fans. Yeah. But uh, every other park... Like, I went to the Blue Jays, which we actually saw the Blue Jays together in Toronto. It was a good memory when yeah. I was driving here. Yeah. Indoors. Indoors. Baseball indoors. Rain. Does that count? It was, like, carpeted. We were just... <laughs> wait, had you been to the Toronto Stadium before? I think you had, right? Maybe. Yeah. It well, was... Went to a basketball game there, too, but I okay. think that was might have been the first It was definitely the first time I'd ever been to the Dome. We got great seats. Great seats yeah. versus the Texas uh, Rangers. I can't remember what I did yesterday, but I remember it was against the <laughs> Rangers. Uh, yeah, it was. I just remember because it was so the w- the weather was so bad, but you could walk practically the whole way because they have that whole indoor sort of yeah. tunnel system. I guess because it's either twenty below or or raining. But when the dome is closed, it was it was not my favorite ballpark, yeah. but still loved going. Yeah, it was a fun <laughs> place to see the game, and you didn't exactly feel like it was. Playoff baseball or anything. Though. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it was in the middle of the summer, I guess. But still, you just, I kind of wanted to come back and see the dome open. Yeah, you know, it definitely. was, but that's like the beauty of doing stand up. Uh, I always tell people this and no one believes me, but whenever I get booked for a club, I always, I don't look up the club. I look up what sport is happening yeah. around it and what team is playing. And we were both working different comedy clubs, but, you know, we're huge baseball fans. So we got to, because rarely do you get to see like a matinee. It's always at, it's always at night. We're always performing at night. Yeah. So sometimes I'll stay on like a Sunday, but that was perfect. It was like a Saturday at one and we both had shows that right. night. Right. Yeah. And I don't know how you haven't been in like Arizona or Florida during March or April before. I know. I just, I haven't. Because there's just games all over the place, especially in Florida. In Arizona, too. Yeah. I mean, I went to, when I was in Mexico a couple months ago, uh, the booker was like, hey, do you want to go to a baseball game tomorrow? And there's a minor league baseball game in Mexico. That How I great! And I was supposed to do that show with you, and yeah, then yeah. I couldn't. I would have been Mazatlan there with you. Venados, the deer. Oh my god, that's and it awesome. was like the craziest. Like there was fireworks after like a double, and there was like <laughs> a band. And like, oh my god, that's awesome! It was cheerleaders, like every kind of food. It was like just. It was almost like a street fair, like inside. And fireworks who knows, after like, a double. Yeah, who knows who who even is in that league but to them it was like oh how fun it was great yeah anything i think that can like bring a town or a city (laughs) together you know what i mean like what are you gonna do in mazalan i've been to mazalan before the beach area is gorgeous well if you're el chapo you hide out there true true (laughs) you just hole up (laughs) el chapo style but like mazalan is kind of random because it's got this gorgeous beach area and then it's a very like a a very poor sections all over too so I, whatever wealthy po- i i always just think you know sport is the great unifier yeah. and i would be going i i said this before but i randomly was on this cruise and we landed in in puerto rico two years ago and i stumbled upon like the world baseball classic that was being hosted by san oh, juan awesome. and we got to see like a ball game at like 11 a.m I, I can't even remember it was like maybe dominican republic versus i can't even tell you um and there weren't any like you know, it wasn't. Was it the World Baseball Classic? It must have been. Yeah, it must have. Been. Yeah, it must have been. But there weren't. There weren't. 
like crazy superstars. It was just like whoever was playing that day. Right. Um, and it's so fun to see a baseball game in another country. Are there a lot of deer in Mazelon? I don't know. <laughs> but that was the mascot, and it was still like old school mascot. Like they can do whatever they want. Like they're riding like dirt bikes on the field. <laughs> and there was one, one time the, the guy, it's funny now, noting the current atmosphere, but the deer dressed up like a cop. No. And he just had the billy club, like, oh my god, hey, I'm gonna beat you, behave kind of like funny, <laughs> <laughs> like chasing people around. I was like, you know, cops, we beat you guys with this, oh <laughs> and it was god, still dude. not offensive <laughs> somehow, <laughs> somehow, somehow deep in the deep in the bowels of Mexico. But, um, yeah, so every what, place what are I the highlights so, so far. Where tell us about your trip. So we we went to uh, well the first I think it was the actual second Yankee game, which you know a lot of the guys weren't like Judge they said wasn't going to play at all until like yeah. opening day and now they said the shoulder is so good that he's gonna they've been sprinkling him with yeah, some BP he, and stuff right he played the third third or fourth game but I didn't see him so the first game I saw was uh, Giancarlo Stanton's second game okay who's the, their big free agent signing oh and my God, home beast. run hitter. So this is this is just just to put yourself in place. Whether you're worried about like putting on some muscle or gaining weight or getting skinny, so you have uh, Sanchez, who's six four, like two thirty five, just an absolute monster, the greatest physical specimen you could see. Just this guy getting up just wide, and then Giancarlo Stanton comes up and he's like lean, like almost like hourglass shape, but really six six two forty five. Oh my god! And just all muscle, and you're just like that guy's the perfect physical specimen. And then Judge is an inch taller <laughs> and fifty pounds heavier of muscle. Oh my god! <laughs> so that's what you're dealing with the Yankees lineup. So that's beast, Aaron. Whenever you're like, hey, what do you, like, do you hey, think about that Yankees lineup, Aaron? In the I booth? need to lose five pounds. <laughs> you know, like it's not gonna. It doesn't matter. I am. Uh, I am entirely upset about it. Yeah. Yeah. Judge weighs two eighty five. He weighs two eighty five. Six seven. Here's here's he plays Aaron. Right field. This will be the only thing Aaron is happy about, just because we're friends, and I think he would be happy for me as a friend. Plus, he has to hear about it in the next six months. My rookie keeper was Aaron Judge, and literally, I was I've been on the oh, fence. Oh, that's great. It's so crazy, Aaron, because I can't see you. I can just see your forehead, which is so. I'm just so yeah. used to like literally like looking at you most of the podcast too, uh, but. I was on the fence about playing fantasy again. My the, my team is the Rockford Peaches, only woman in the league. Yeah. And but with my rookie, I did so bad last year, which we'll discuss later. But I did so bad uh, last year. But my rookie keeper was Aaron Judge. I'm like, I have to, I have to play. Like I have to play. I can't give up Aaron Judge, yeah. even if I just play one, one more season. Yeah, that's that's like a I good can't. One. And uh, wait, Aaron, what's what do you think about? Uh, if you were a pitcher for, if you were a pitcher facing Sanchez, Judge, and Stanton, I'd be crapping my pants. Yeah, nobody's in a hurry to to uh, sign with the Orioles. I know. <laughs> well, I know. The thing is, like Bird is like six six and, and like a great athlete, but he's nothing compared to those guys. Like it's crazy. And Bird is on my wish list. Uh, I had him last year on my fantasy team. Uh, but then my my team last year, it just everybody's like arms literally fell off. Like their knee would blow yeah, out. Yeah. It, I had like Bumgardner. He never gets hurt out for most of the, <laughs> you know, Machado you can bank on 
crappy season. Like, it's just one of those things where everything just imploded. And I was yeah. like, I can't go out like this. Like, I've only played three years. I was like, I'm going to I'm going to do it one more time. Yeah, do that. Time. But just that whole like, you know, you're thinking about guys that are like hope I make the team or I hope. And it's just like these people are like a different species than us. You know, yeah. like I went to. The film festival in Santa Barbara, and it was uh, Alice and Janney. Oh, dream. Who is a beautiful, like a classic beauty, six foot, like yeah. tall, beautiful. Uh, and then she's next to Margot Robbie. She looks like a monster. Like, it's yeah. not even fair <laughs> that, like, <laughs> that, like, you should even be. It's, yeah. And that's what, uh, you know, that's what judges to yeah. the rest of those guys. Well, how about, did you watch the Oscars last night? Yeah, yeah. How about. Jodie Foster next to Jennifer Lawrence. I was going to say I that, but I was like, I don't even, it's, I mean, Jodie Foster's is beautiful, but she, and she was on crutches in the street comic. She's was a hysterical. movie star. She's, she's, in I'm any, sorry, she's any a movie star. Atmosphere. And then all of a sudden you look up and you're like, is, is Jodie Foster like five two? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, is she incredibly short? I, and Jennifer Lawrence, I guess maybe in heels or whatever. But I literally, we just kept looking back and forth and you're like, I don't, this pairing is, the pairing was so bizarre. Not bizarre, they're both Hollywood actresses and amazing in their own right, but physically, it was so, I don't even, it was just, it was like a lot, it was just like one of those things where you did a double take. Yeah, because it's the disparity is what, you know what I mean? That was, with women's basketball, it was that way for a while. It was like Shara Miller and Nancy Lieberman. Yeah. We're just so much better than everyone else that yeah. it made everyone else look bad because yeah. they were so good. Yeah. And now, like, it's it's a way of, like, you know, you even up the playing field and everyone kind of gets the same access. But yeah. Cheryl Miller played against an NBA player in her driveway every day. I know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, God, I wish I'd seen Cheryl Miller play. I covered her first as a TV sports guy. I covered the first year of the WNBA. And Cheryl Miller was the coach, and Nancy Lieberman was on the team. That was like, because she wanted to play for one year. Uh, yeah, I remember that, but yeah. I mean, it was like, you know, I wanted to see them play in their heyday. Yeah, you know of course. I, mean? I just kind of missed that. Plus, I don't think Cheryl, Cheryl Miller was at UCLA, right? Right, yeah. And none of that was televised. No. You know what I mean? So I, I never really had a, a shot. I do remember, obviously, day one of WNBA and on. But I think before the WNBA, I don't, well, I, I honestly don't know if I even saw, did I even, I guess I, was any of like the women's March Madness like Not really televised? until like Connecticut started, you know, everyone became Connecticut yeah. fans. Well, and that's another reason, like yeah. they're so much better than everyone else that that made it yeah. look weird. But you know? what years are, let me just put a pin in baseball for one second, because, you know, I watched, I guess I, I watched all the, like, you know, the Lobo bird, but that was. Well, that was that, that year. Was, that was 96-ish. Was that 96? That was like the around the first year of the WNBA. All right. She was like, so everyone's so like, oh, she's. those are my first memories of watching women's March Madness. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of maybe, I mean, you know, when you watch so much, you're like, maybe I did, maybe I watched it in the early 90s. I can't Mm -hmm. even remember. I distinctly remember men's March Madness because I watched, I have memories going back till I was like, you know, eight, nine years old. But women's college basketball, I I don't have that. But it was the the bird magic one was was the first one that was live. It used to be tape delay. Even the really great ones, the one that was in like the Houston Astrodome or whatever, like even that was like tape delay. Like bird and magic were the first one. It was like actually on Monday night. 
like live. Oh, I didn't know that. So then wow. that kind of like that's yeah. why those guys not only to the NBA but to college basketball was like just changed everything. And I didn't see that. I was a little bit too young for that. I, I, I yeah, I don't remember. I either. don't remember the early like the earliest one I really like distinctly remember. Um, and we, you know, it was always on, but, but like really like remember sitting down and making it like an impact was, was probably not until like a mm, 82, 83. It was, yeah. it was the Syracuse, Indiana one. Well, that was 87. Yeah. So it's 87. So yeah, I probably have some stuff before. I probably have some memories before that. You might remember because that. that was Villanova, Villanova beat Georgetown. Okay. So I remember like that. Raleigh Massimino yeah. running around. I remember that. But you know. Stuff here and there, you know what I mean? But but that was crazy because there was, was no crazy. shot clock. So they shot, I think it ends up being 80% from the field. Like they missed three shots in the whole game. <laughs> oh, my God. They like played the perfect game because yeah. you could just stall yeah. and then take the shot. And it's so frustrating to like Georgetown who had like nine NBA players. Oh, my God. It. that That has got to be, well, well, that'll go down as, you know, I would say top five David Goliath. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where it wasn't even like you're like, okay, this isn't even going to be close, right? Type. This is just really quick, but I remember hearing a story of Elijah Wan where they, when they brought him over for to Houston, um, whoever was the coach of Houston at the time, I, I don't remember. It could have been a big name. It couldn't have not been. I can't remember. University of Houston. Um, the coach got up on a chair. And dunk the ball, and they're like, "This is what we want you to do," because there was obviously oh, yeah. a clear language barrier. He was a goalie. He played soccer. Yeah, that was his yeah, thing. that was his huge thing. And so he stepped on the chair and dunked it. And they're like, <laughs> "Without the chair," it's <laughs> like one of my favorite random stories. Yeah, that was five slam a jam, and they lost. Oh, God, they, they ended up not winning. To, wasn't that the NC State year? Right? Yeah. Wasn't that the NC State Houston year? That was. They were like the Michigan, you know, the Clyde Fab Drexler, five. right? Drexler. They had Drexler. Was that Elijah on here? No, yep. no, 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 no. No, it was uh, Ralph Sampson. Well, Sampson was Virginia. Oh, wait, who am I thinking of? Um, it was, was it Elijah Wine and Well, Clyde? they played in the same team with the Rockets. But, but that's the what Houston I mean. Rockets. I oh, thought you were oh that's college. what it was. That's what, no, yeah, I am saying in college, but I got it, I got it yeah, mixed Elijah up. Yeah, Elijah played for the University of Houston and then he played for the Rockets. Yeah, but didn't so, Ralph Sampson? Ralph Sampson did. Played for the Rockets. Samson played at Virginia. Oh, but he didn't play at University. Of Seven foot four. I'm getting the 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 Houston yeah, jersey yeah. mixed up between. Right. Oh my God! Again, I uh, I'm gonna just argue that um, uh, I cannot remember where my keys are. But the fact that these memories are t- it's just so crazy. What you I remember. have like a weird sports kind of like uh, Rain Man memory. Like yeah. If if there one thing comes up, then I kind of remember whatever happened yeah. in that year with sports or whatever i can remember like i remember like where i was sitting you know what i mean for different mm-hmm. events that were that were meant so much to me like growing up like the indiana syracuse one right uh we were we were in rhode island as a family i think for the first year and for some reason there was something on downstairs we were like renting this like professor's house and this is kind of odd because my my both my mom and dad love March Madness, but I think maybe Tara and Megan talked them out of it or something. So my dad and I got banished to the upstairs. We had this old blackened TV with like black and white with like uh, rabbit ears. Mm-hmm. 
And we watched that game upstairs while the rest were downstairs. Oh, no like, you know, you like remember that because you were just like, what do we do? We're in like a closet watching one of the greatest basketball games ever. Yeah, that was amazing. So random. Oh, wait. So let's go back to spring training. Um, so you were in, wait, so you were in, in Florida and Arizona? No, no. Uh, so Florida, the Tampa is the home of the Yankees. Yeah. So that, you know, that's almost a home office because that's where Steinbrenner ended up moving the whole, to. The whole, it's a compound. Yeah, yeah. so it is, it is, but it is, I think the most expensive ticket's like $28, and uh, they keep everything pretty cheap, but it's like seven or 8,000 people. Like, it's a pretty big place. Huge. And my parents wanted to go, so I got, like, really good seats, like, behind the plate. Oh, that's awesome. And uh, it was awesome. And there's a guy named Miguel Andujar who's like Killing kind it. of a you know what got invited, but he they say he can't really play in the field, and maybe he'll be the backup third baseman, but they're not sure. And then uh, gets in there in the ninth inning, they have a tie game, and he hits a walk off home run in front of. By the way, in the dugout, the best thing about it, the Yankees is Reggie Jackson. Oh, they're like all, all back these great and, yeah. guys come back and like talk to the players. Russell Wilson, the quarterback for that the Seahawks, was, super was cool. in the dugout. So as you were this there? Guy. Yeah, oh yeah. my god, that's so exciting! So this guy hits a walk-off home run while those guys are in the dugout. He must have. Know? I mean, like just the thrill. Yeah. So then, uh, so we saw a great first game, and then we go back. That was a night game. So we go back the next day. There's a one o'clock game with the Blue Jays, and that's close for my parents in Dunedin. And that place is is literally like a little league field. Like and Dunedin is so charming. Yeah, well, yeah, you've my been down there, lo- right? My parents love their like they go there for lunch sometimes. They're yeah, big, they're big thing. And it's all Canadian people because yeah. they snowbird too, and that's where the Blue Jays are. Oh, I didn't so, know the Blue Jays. So the Blue yeah. Jays are in Dunedin? They might move. Okay. It's kind of up, but they've been there for a while. Oh, God, i got to tell my parents that. Yeah. yeah, and so basically you pay to like park on somebody's front yard because it's just this little town, you know, oh my God. except for when the Yankees are in town. That's you know? so cool. So this was probably, I don't know, two or three, probably held like 3,000 people. Wow. But I mean small, like yeah. you could, I've had seats there where like your feet are on the dugout. Like that's, it's crazy. It's so, and they still have the, this is how updated they are compared to the Yankees. They have their scoreboard still says uh, Blue Jays and guests. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. They have it. the electronic numbers, but just for the names. Yeah. But, and then, so we watched Miguel Andujar. They put him back in the lineup because he hit the home yeah. run. First time up, hits home run. Hits some guy's house. Like uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have to I have to do this next year. This is awesome. Yeah, yeah. And then uh and then the next day I didn't go to the game. I just went the first two. They played another day game, and that was like Judge and a, a couple other guys. And Miguel Andujar hits two home runs. Didn't he hit a grand slam? <laughs> I'm not sure. I think one of them was a grand slam because I was like, who is this kid? So he's like you know, he's hitting like 500, <laughs> and so they don't want to stop playing him. Yeah. And, but they have that Drury who yeah. they just traded just for traded as a for. third baseman. Yeah. So they're still saying they don't know if he can play, but if he hits like that, you got to find room for him. Oh, my know? God, yeah. But I love those stories when, like, a guy comes in. That's why I love the guy that's not even in the scorebook. Yeah. He's got his numbers like 87. And they just have to hand him a jersey. <laughs> well, do you remember, I don't think it was last year, maybe it was a year before, the Trevor Story coming out of Colorado where he hit like, it was, I don't know if this was, I thought it was spring training, 
but it might have been like the first month. He's like a no-name shortstop for Colorado, and mm-hmm. he winds up hitting. It was like seven home runs in the first seven games, and you're like, who the hell is this guy? And everyone in the fantasy league was trying to scramble to, yeah. gra- to grab him. Right. Uh, and then he had like a bl- like a blistering year, but I think it's because you know he proved himself in camp. Came out of kind of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Those stories are so fun. Yeah, and it's always great. Like, and it's funny. This year, for the first time, I did the NBA Summer League, which I don't, a lot of people don't even know. It's in Vegas for like a week, and they just play yeah. in that little UNLV that had thing. More, that had more press than I think the beginning. Of yeah, the everyone start, goes there now. It was like Lonzo Ball and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah and yeah, LeBron yeah. just goes there because that's where all the sneaker people are bugging. Everyone yeah. and there's so there's two courts and everyone just goes. You pay like twenty bucks to see be there all day, and there's two games going on at all times, and you can just walk back and forth. And it's like you see all these kids like that are playing in Europe or Russia, and they're trying to like make a splash. And it's really cool to see yeah. all the all the stuff. You know? I wasn't I wasn't loving that last summer because I always feared that the WNBA is gonna like close. Uh, and it was taking the wind out of my WNBA. Like, I just always <laughs> want people at least talking about the basketball. Like, the, it's the, yeah. I was like, well, it's the only basketball you can talk about, right, is the WNBA. And I'm trying to get, like, I'm always trying to get more and more people into the seats. And all of a sudden, this NBA, like, you know, summer league is getting more press than my, my right, superstar right. ladies. That was the only bummer. I was like, oh, God, I have to hear about Lonzo. I have to hear now about these male NBA players year-round <laughs> when I'm just trying to keep... Me, personally, I'm trying to keep the WNBA alive. Yeah, well, I mean, remember, my buddy was coach yeah. of the Chicago Sky. Did I give you a shirt or something? I think... No, I but just, you invited was, me to a game, but I was yeah. out of town. I was so bummed, because that was when Deladon was playing for right, Chicago. Right, right. Yeah. I think I was supposed to practice with them once when I was in Chicago, because they're a little practice facility, and because uh, so the awesome. guy... Where, well, is, where is he now? Uh, Did he he take was at job? Kentucky, and then... I'm not sure where he is. This he's back in college, but he was okay. he was Jeff Van Gundy's roommate in college. No way. Yeah, so he worked for the Knicks. That's how I got recruited by Stan Van Gundy in high school. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> so he went to, and then he worked at. A, he was assistant coach at Rutgers, the men's team, and that's where I would work as a, like a counselor when I was playing basketball in college. I would go oh. there, and you'd get to play against all the NBA players at night. Like, that was the time where you How got to cool have fun. That? So, yeah, I worked there in Seton Hall when P.J. Carlissimo was oh still there. Oh, my God. <laughs> choky, choky, choky. <laughs> so, yeah, I was in New Jersey a lot in the summers back then. Oh, my God. But then, yeah, he was, he was like, uh, you know, pretty successful college coach. And I think somehow linked into – I think he ended up working for the Liberty first because he was working for the Knicks. Okay. And it was like – it's such a refreshing thing because the female players actually do, like – listen to coaches and run a system and play yeah. as a team and so for him he's like oh this is great and as a you know yeah he's not the face of the team or anything but he just gets to yeah you know because i think uh, the coach's name is poppy she's like po- a kind po- of pokey, pokey. Checkman. Yeah, yeah 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 she was a, a a really great collegiate coach didn't end well it was a little bit of a scandal oh really uh, but then she kind of laid low and then got the chicago job well he was her assistant and she would go and coach in russia the rest of the year and then just come back to the nba for the summer because the big thing yeah. a lot of people don't know is like Women, because I played in... Well, the money in Europe is insane. Well, also, there's not a stigma, whatever you want to call it. I don't, I, I don't have it, but, like, let's say 
in Ireland, like my friend coached over there, and the the girls play with the boys until they're like eleven or twelve, like yeah. that. So they're kind of like not taught to be ashamed that they're tough or taller or anything like that. So yeah. they're much stronger than like than American girls used to be because they're just brought up that way that like, yeah, play yeah, as hard like as you can. Ce- they're celebrated these. for their athleticism, yeah. not like, oh, you need to look this way or yeah. Yeah. Ridiculous. That was the big thing with the WNBA is like Michelle Timms was from Australia and all these other players are coming from Europe and they're laughing because they're like, why would we use a smaller ball than yeah. the guys? We, I've been shooting with a regular ball for 30 years, yeah. you know? So the, I, rem- I remember playing, Playing basketball in, I guess I was in, I guess I was in high school when the ball changed. Oh, really? When the, when the you know, it was like, I don't know, one and a half centimeters yeah, small yeah. or whatever it was. And I was so angry. I was so <laughs> angry. I was like, you know what? This is just like another thing where girls are lesser and, you know, all this stuff. And, and I've been playing, I've been shooting this basketball my entire life. And so my dad and I went out and we got the new ball mm-hmm. and I go to the backyard <clears throat> And I could launch that sucker from like the, the, <laughs> the house across the street. I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. Because yeah. I literally, you're just so, you know, it was annoying uh-huh. and we don't need it. But, and I, you know, it, the measurements should be same. The ball, everything should be the same. Uh, but it was, I could launch that a lot further. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just when you always come back to the comparisons of the men's game and the women's game, and it just makes me so angry because we are physically so different. Mm-hmm. And yet we're supposed to do this and you're supposed to, and you're just like, oh my God, it's just, it, it, it literally makes my blood boil. Well, it's, I mean, the- it's a different, it's a different style of game because um, here's a huge, bold statement. Men and women are different. <laughs> and and I'm like, I, I can't believe I have to keep saying this. You know, it was so refreshing and, and watching this USA women's hockey during the Olympics was, you know, you could physically push and pull and do whatever you want, but there was no actual, you know, slamming into the boards, checking. Mm-hmm. And what a fantastic game. And I've said this from day one. So uh, I've said this, you know, I didn't have the podcast, you know, 12 years ago. But it the the thing in the NHL is it's these celebrated slams and these ch- and and then all of a sudden people go down and you can't find the po- whatever. But for women, you you just keep playing. Yeah. There's yeah. no there's no like these. Oh my God, I'm gonna put you into the like. It's such a beautiful game. Well, that's what's interesting. You don't need. Yeah. You don't need it. Yeah. But men, of course, need it because it's like, oh, I got, you know, it's just this ego testosterone. But I mean, all the players that are fun, like Crosby and all these guys, they're all finesse. Like, it's amazing what they can do with the puck. So why? Why do you, why would you need it? Yeah. You don't need it. It's, yeah. you know, it's just, it's just a different, it's just different. You well, know the I thing mean? I want to say about the basketball is, especially with the WNBA, the thing I really like about it is that. They do move the ball. Women do play as a team a little bit more, and that's kind of what is enticing about it. But what I hate about it sometimes is, like, well, they'll have a bigger girl. They'll try to have her play like an NBA center and just back people in and just throw And It's just like an ugly kind of, like, it's like I like women's basketball when they're all, because they can yeah. all shoot. Yeah. So it's like to move the ball around, and but I just hate when it becomes, like, isolation and backing down and that's getting as I, close as you can. No, I mean you're right. I, that's why I just lost. I lost my love for the NBA 
maybe three or four years ago. Now, listen, you know, great teams matching up. I'll watch, uh, you know, if it wasn't for that, I binge watch women's uh, NCAA. I was curious to see 76ers bucks last night. I was like, okay, like I liked it. I want to see Ben Simmons. Like I'll go for the player. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing is every team has those players. Now that's the great thing is it used to be like, there's 10 teams that have like a star, but then there's only a couple that have like a few good guys. Like every team is awesome. Like watching the Rockets, and the Celtics play. It was yeah. like all the Celtics are like tw- there's like 21 year olds and 20 year olds playing yeah. with Kyrie Irving, who's only 26 and he's the old guy. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I like I, I like all that. And when I do watch some really good matchups and I like that there's more and more parity, at least on the West, the East is like seriously lacking, which is crazy because it was so dominant for so long. And now the tables have turned. But it was what you were talking about earlier. It's just this, and I remember seeing it so much, and and it happens with everybody, but it really happened with LeBron, and it was he's because he's like a tight end. It was this isolation, mm-hmm. a lot of Carmelo, a lot of LeBron, backing it in, backing it in, and it was just, and then it was just dunk. It was a dunk highlight. It was isolation. And like just too much ego and every single they complain on every single yeah, call, yeah. which has been a huge like that everybody is an- everybody is annoyed by that. Yeah, that part is annoying, but as especially as like a Celtics fan, the their brand of ball is they almost don't have enough scorers. So they share the ball. It's the open guy. It's just beautiful. Because it's Brad passing. Stevens. I do love him. Yeah. And, yeah. And Kyrie is almost a little like he's had to learn to not be as selfish because What's ruined the NBA is not only isolation or like a Carmelo who just stands in the same place, doesn't look at anybody, and then yeah. finally just shoots it. Like everyone's just standing around watching him. Uh, it's the take take turns thing too. Like yeah. oh, your turn to shoot, my turn to shoot. It's like no, it should all kind of lead into it, and that's why it's great to see Harden play with Chris Paul. Yeah, because he's a real point guard that's trying to teach him like how when to pick his spots and all yeah. that kind of stuff. So, and you know, I am a, I am a, a Harden fan, but that that play, listen, I'll give you like that crazy like you know laces, you know what do you call it, breaking the laces or breaking the ankle mm-hmm. crossover because Harden is just so beautiful to watch. But that play always kind of like I always feel like that epitomizes my anger with the NBA. If you if you guy if you break the guy's ankle and he's it's embarrassing, right? Mm-hmm. You embarrassed him. Okay, fine. You're not your mission isn't to embarrass a player. Mm-hmm. You were trying to cross over so you could back up and shoot. And Harden is a master at it. Yeah. But then waiting. You oh, wait you behind like the, the three-point line, and you look at him, and the guy's on the floor, yeah. and another guy has to run over, and you wait, and you wait, and then you shoot it. Right. It, it made me be like, go fuck oh, yourself. Oh, that thing? You didn't like that? Why would I like it? Well, it's not that. It wouldn't make the guys, me angry. He, the guys, it's humiliating. For my thing Just is. shoot the ball. That's th- what If Harden yeah. had just, you know. Cross dribbled, the guy falls down. Now he's open mm-hmm. and shoot the ball. I'd been like, oh my god, Harden's awesome. But then he just he just he's like, no, you know what? Now you're gonna be on the floor, and now I'm gonna ta- I'm gonna I'm gonna wait yeah. five seconds. And it, it was just it was so unnecessary. Right. It was so unnecessary. And, and listen, I see this in sports all around, and it's the biggest turnoff. And it's ju- it's just my opinion. You have a job. Right. Mm -hmm. But when you bring all this other bullshit into your job, it's why I hated Randall Cunningham when I grew up. (laughs) He threw a five a five yard pass and put his number one in his hand up. Like none of this. This is it's the biggest men's women, whatever it is. It is the biggest turnoff for me. 
that's your job. It just, but it's so obnoxious. Yeah, and also the whole point of because that's what you know, Harden and a couple of those guys they get too into the individual matchup because you're like, okay, your guy fall down, two other people run at you. There's three guys wide open somewhere. Yeah. Like, are you, so, but you yeah. just want to like ten t- take ten seconds to shoot this. It it just it, that I always you know what I mean and, and it's I'll give you another example and we've all you know you hit a home run and you know you th- you flip the bat or right. you take your time going up to fuck you yeah. it's it just immediately <laughs> is like oh and that's what it that I just there's so many the great thing now is there's so many other sports. There's so much coverage, Mm -hmm. and it also makes me swing always back to watching women, watching women play sports because it does. It rarely happens. Well, the way basketball players get to woofing a little bit, yeah, they get into it. No, no, it does depend on the player. Like if Steph Curry does that, it's a little charming. It's the it's the it's the player, Mm -hmm. but it also is. It's just these like unchecked egos, and (laughs) listen, if it happens on the women's side with a particular player, uh, no. No, I'm not going to support. You know what I mean? I just, I just want, just you know, if Trish was sitting here, she'd be like, "It's a glass of act, right? It's like good home training." You know yeah. what I mean? Like, just play your sport. Well, part of it is when you're, you know, especially for like a football player. I never, I don't know if you ever did. You see the video of when uh, the Vikings guy caught the pass? Remember the yeah. the guy missed the tackle? Yeah, and they caught that pass to win it. And there's. A hundred thousand people going bananas, yeah. and you start to understand. Oh, that guy—that's why he throws his helmet off and goes crazy because yeah. there's an incredible amount of energy that comes with that moment. Yeah. So I never fault a guy who scores a touchdown or anything for going crazy like that. That's, no, I, and I would—I love touchdown celebrations. You know what I mean? But right. but it's just—it's—it's—it's it's, it's particular plays where you're like you—you you feel like. It, you're, it's all about you. Yeah. It's not about the team. Uh, it's not about the sport. It's just, it's it's me. It's my, yeah. and, and that's that's what I mean. Well, it, I think like, it, it starts with the confidence of you got to be confident enough to know that you should be out there, obviously. Yeah. So, but then there's certain guys that that's the whole thing. Like when they're playing well, they do all this stuff, but then when they're yeah. Not playing well, they have no confidence at all because they're not even. Yeah. There's no not even chance to celebrate. So it's like the guy is either showing up or he's not. Yeah. <laughs> Just like. And on paper, I should be I should be thrilled with the Houston Rockets, right? I love Chris Paul. I'm somewhat a James Harden fan. Honestly, after last week, I was like, I have no time for that man. Literally, I just have, I just, to me, that just spoke volumes. There's also a lot of other examples, like, leading up to it. I just think his ego is just way too much. Well, there's a great, I don't know if you saw the Celtics game, which the Celtics are basically, like, all these guys that are just working hard like they play defense actually. they're the most feel-good team in the league is, so, the, is yeah. the celtics and when and i love gordon haywood because i loved butler mm-hmm. and i love brad stevens so i was like oh i'm all in yeah. you know until my you know and i'll always support the knicks they're my team but oh, it's been boy. so terrible yeah and when your team is terrible you still love them but then you go okay what's what's you know who do i you know who else am i going to support you know, and I just happened to be supporting the Warriors for a long time because I fell in love with Curry yeah, and Davidson. Fun to watch you know too. what I mean? So, yeah. and it's not like oh, because they win all the time. Like I was thrilled when the Cavs won because I was thrilled for the city of Cleveland. Like w- Cleveland needed that more than anyone <laughs> in the world. So I, you know what I mean? I, it, it's not like oh, 
you know, I'll, I'm only going to cheer for the people that win. I mean, Jesus, I've been a, a, life, a lifelong Knicks fan. Well, the um, great thing, uh, if, if you didn't see that game, it was the Celtics played the Rockets the first time, and they had this incredible comeback, and Marcus Smart is mostly a defensive player. He's the yeah. guy that guards LeBron and guards Steph Good Curry, and, and he just is, comes up with these steals, and, and especially against bigger people. And uh, he's guarding Harden, and Harden's just pushing him off, like 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 he does. Usually, he just doesn't get caught. And they called an offensive foul on him, and then he lost his mind because that was his. They're only up by a point or something like that. The Celtics tie it, and then Harden is still like just like almost fighting. Like he clearly lost his cool. Yeah, and he just pushes the guy over with like two hands and he's like I'm James Harden they're not going to call it on me and offensive foul again yeah and he was just stunned and then the Celtics score and they lose the game and he's just sitting there at half court like he doesn't even know what happened because I'm James Harden so yeah. I thought that like knocked yeah. him down a little bit of a level yeah but yeah that's that's always great when you see the matchups with you know, when it was Paul Pierce versus LeBron that year was yeah. great. I always like those kind of matchups. and I and I like confidence. You know what I mean? I like I like some swag. I like I you know you want to you want to you know I enjoy that. You know what I mean? But when to me that that showing up, I was already much, yeah. I was already I had uh, with him, and then after that play, I was like. No, no, I'm done. <laughs> you I'm gave done. him the finger. I, no, I did the, 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 the Mintembo. I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm not going to, not abs- not feeling it. Here's just while we're talking uh, basketball, we can um, switch in and out. We'll, this will be a tangential one. Uh, when I was watching, I was watching Louisville, Notre Dame. So there was conference championships in uh, the NCAA, NCAA <clears throat> women's and men. I mean, really, it was only a couple, I think, on the men's side. Uh, that was a bit confusing because I thought all the conference championships were this week and next weekend, but Mich- there was a Michigan, there was a, there was a bunch. I guess maybe because there's just so many teams, but whatever. Yeah, so, some of them do the actual tournament, and then some of them do the like. There's only a certain amount of teams that are in it. Yeah. So I just thought when I saw Michigan playing for like the Big Ten, the men's, um, I was confused because I thought that was happening next weekend, but I guess some of them. Like Duke played Duke played North Carolina on Saturday, but that wasn't for the ACC championship. That was just the last game, like on their schedule. Right, right. So I was like, okay, so there's a lot. But anyway, when I was watching Louisville Notre Dame, um, so they're probably both going to get one seeds in for women in in the in March Madness. And I had probably watched. I didn't watch a lot of college basketball. I watched like a little bit, but uh, it was you know, it was just around this time I would start really ODing, but then it was Olympics. So anyway, I'm yeah. a little bit behind this Got year. Sidetracked. There's a lot, there's a lot going on. <laughs> Plus I have like eight jobs. Um, so, but the Louisville Notre Dame, I didn't realize there's this crazy, um, backstory, which I, which I thought was fun. And I don't know if you saw this, but I, I'll get your take on it. The coach. So Louisville, uh, Notre Dame had won four, four ACC championships in a row. It's like Muffet McGraw. No, Notre Dame is always in the, usually the top two or top four mm-hmm. of the tournament every single year. They're just consistently really, really good. So Louisville has been getting the program together and the, the head coach is Jeff Waltz. And his star is Asia Durr from Louisville. And Muffet McGraw's big star is, pardon, I'm going to mess up her name, Arike Agunboale, Agunboale who's they're both phenomenal phenomenal mm. ball players right 
And I'd seen, maybe I'd seen uh, Louisville play maybe earlier in the year. But uh, anyway, so it was a great game to see both stars. So apparently Muffet, so Asia Durr wins like ACC player of the year. And Muffet McGraw, who's like a perennial, like respected coach, said uh, along the lines of, uh, you know, she wrote it. She voted for Arike. She thinks her player should, you know, have won because she outed uh, the other player. So she didn't say Asia Durr's name in the mm. comment. She said she, you know, it was like she beat her in rebounds and steals and whatever. She beat the other player. And so Jeff Waltz, the coach of Louisville, um, apparently. Now I don't know any of this, right? So watching the game, Louisville pulls it out. And I was cheering for Louisville because Notre Dame won four years in a row. Uh-huh. And it's good for college basketball. It's good for everything when someone else wins. So I'm, I'm pulling for Louisville. So they, they go to shake hands. And they, and they shake hands. But Jeff Waltz like, like kind of pulls her in and says something. And her face was like, and she was like, what? And I was like, oh, what is that exchange? And it was kind of like this awkward exchange. Uh-huh. And I immediately, as a woman go right on Muffet McGraw's side going, <laughs> oh, he was a dick, right? Yeah. And, I, and sometimes you know how you like, you like, you start watching golf and like, you just pick out a player and you cheer for them and then at the end they say something so outrageous where you're like, I can't believe I just spent three hours cheering yeah. for you, right? So I was like, I was like, oh God, that's annoying, right? Because I immediately just go from like, you know, defending women, right? So it turns out what he said to her was, um, my player's name is Asia Durr. I just want you to. I just want you to know what her name is. It's Asia because Asia just dropped like thirty-five mm-hmm. on Notre Dame. So he was like, I was just reminding her that the other player she referred to was Asia Durr. Mm-hmm. Like it was so <laughs> good. And in the press conference, I was like. Good for him. And then I felt like so kind of like, oh, God, I went right to like defend Muffet McGraw. But I was like, I liked that move. Yeah, yeah. It's like he he had her back. Yeah, especially, well, it's good because coaches, like especially the pompous ones, will try to like needle the other ones and, and try not to. Like I remember there was one game when I was playing in college and my dad was my coach. Oh, wow. And How was that? It was great. Well, I just played for it was a junior college, but we went to the national championship. It was great. Oh my god, that's awesome. And we had this really like we we're having this great year and we start playing this uh team and I got like a three point play or something like that, and I'm shooting a foul shot and the the other coach is like, Hey, you're making the coach's kid look like all American. Oh and uh and then uh, my dad was like, look at the program. He is an All-American. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's awesome. It's like, it's right here in the program. You oh, my God. It. That's such a cool moment. That's but, uh, awesome. Yeah, that's... Did you... It, by the way, I know we're switching again, but it, may, it reminded me of the... Uh, did you see the Belichick Parcells 30 for 30? No, it's on, it's on the DVR. You have the, to the, watch the, Kate, it. the two Bills. I'm dying. I'm really, I'm going to love it. I, I don't know, know if they're it. like destined to be lovers. I'm not sure if there's some kind of BFFs There's or lovers. a weird tension or father son. I don't, Darth Vader's, Skywalker <laughs> stuff. It's, it's the weirdest dynam- dynamic I've ever seen. It's yeah. so crazy. 
And they and are they in the same room at all together? Yeah, they're okay. in the same room the oh, whole I'm gonna time. Love it. It's on the DVR. Yeah, I gotta, you gotta see it. I I have been uh, ODing on so much stuff that there's just not. I just need someone to to pay me to do this full time, uh, <laughs> because it's all I want to do anyway. I'm like watching a post game interview by a collegiate coach for Louisville, a team I've never even cheered before, <laughs> and going, "Yeah, this is awesome." Which, uh, by the way, my, my little side trip this week, I'm going to Indiana. And uh, about a half hour from Indianapolis is a place called Hoosier Gym, where they filmed the movie Hoosiers. Nice. And you can actually shoot around and play there. So oh, I'm my going. God. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I performed at a um, Comedy Attic in Bloomington. It's mm-hmm. like my it's my favorite club. And uh, there's this woman, Julie Force, and she's the uh, assistant to the head coach of the women's head coach of Indiana. And she oh, happened no to be in the crowd. Oh, that's great. And she gave me last year a tour of the Indiana, the facility. Oh, no way. And I was like, I stepped onto the floor, got a couple pictures, and then took some, I shot in their practice gym. Oh, that's it so was, cool. It was like, uh, oh, I just was talking about how much I love Indiana basketball. Uh-huh. Like, you know, you grow up. You know, I don't know. As a basketball fan, I my my junior high coach thought he was Larry Bird. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It was just so. <laughs> you know, you wherever you grow up, there's different stories. But it was it was pretty cool. Um, all right, let's get back to this. All right, let's talk. Uh, we'll do baseball and then we'll do some soccer. Here's uh, and Aaron, please chime in uh, with any uh, questions, concerns, and um, uh, picks for me. So this morning, knowing Paul was on it, uh, and hopefully Aaron, I texted Aaron. I was hoping he'd be back. Um, this was the first Monday where I I was getting really excited about baseball because I've got to put my keepers in on Friday. And then what happened last year with fantasy in a, in a nutshell is every single pitcher I had um, had an ACL, an ankle. <laughs> um, their entire, they were in a sinkhole. <laughs> a dirt bike. Uh, under, yeah, dirt bike. Yeah, Bumgarner's dirt bike accident. Aaron had a, me like just screaming at the dirt bike last. Do you remember that? Me just literally screaming, who goes on a dirt bike? Uh, I would just research whatever, just look at all the bios in the programs and any pitcher that likes to drive a boat or a plane, <laughs> I, I would know. just. I know. How many times do you have to say this? Just, just don't, you can't do it. Like yeah. you just, you can't do it. Nothing good. First of all, I don't want to, I. I don't. I can't. I can't go down this wormhole because I'll talk about it for an hour and a half. But no one, if you if you are if you are a professional baseball player or if you're a professional teacher, whatever your profession is, that's your profession. If then you decide to be a pilot, nothing good happens. <laughs> nothing good happens. There's not one good story. What it ends is is um, a dying young. Yeah, oh, it's, God, um, it drives me insane. It well, it's insane. almost anything. They should just treat him like veal. And just put them in these little places. Even the Yankees manager, Aaron Boone, the only reason he's managing is because a week after he hits the home run against the Red Sox, he plays pickup basketball and tears his ACL. I just, Jason Seahorn, he was one of my favorite Giants. He was in like, doing like a all-stars on the beach tournament. (laughs) (laughs) He was was doing that. He tears his ACL. Nothing, nothing good happens if you're on a motorcycle uh, or if you're piloting a plane or you get a dirt bike. Um, but I'm really excited because my keepers this year are, um, well, Manny Machado, who's the crowning jewel of my peaches, and he's going to, he's already off to a, a tear. Oh, he, yeah. He Now a shortstop. 
Now a shortstop, which means he is double. He'll go in and I'll have double occupancy. That's not the right word. Double. Um, At bats. No. Uh, I'll have him down as shortstop and third base for for most of the season because when you when oh, you, yeah, it, you, you eligibility that's the word. So he'll I'll have him third base and shortstop, which is fantastic. I have Jose Ramirez from the Indians, who's just so consistent. I'm going to keep him. I'm keeping Machado Ramirez. Um, Aaron Judge is my rookie keeper, and I'm going to keep Garrett Cole because I love him. I know he's not a perennial All Star, but I think he's going to mount. He's going to rack up the wins with Houston this year, and I just I love him, and I don't really have another option except for my sweet sweet uh, Kyle Schwarber, my Schwarby Parker. It's another story. Um, but Who's I, the other b- b- huge star that's uh, he's got an ingrown toenail? Bryce Harper. Yeah, Bryce. He was out. Yeah. He's out for like a week with an ingrown toenail. Yeah, so that's a red flag. So the way this works <laughs> is there's one, two, three, four, five, six, oh seven, God. eight, nine, ten. Or so there's thirteen. Wait, there's twelve teams, right? So this was this was the fan. This was the draft paper. Here, I'll show it to the fans <laughs> at home. This is uh, this is what we get, right? So everybody gets three keepers and their rookie keeper. So you know, four times twelve, forty-eight people are already gone. Right before you start the draft, and that's me next. So, I have so what I did was after all my this was last year, after all my pitchers did dirt biking, and like <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna do a safety pick, I'm gonna do like Andrew Heaney from the Angels, and his arm falls off. Like, I, I can't even tell you, it was just one bad luck after another. So, I decided to trade away a whole bunch of stuff and um and go for the first pick. So, I came in last, so I first pick. Uh, but you know, you have to. All the like most of the the top, I would say forty to forty forty ish players are already off the board. Okay. So by the time I get my first pick, um, you know, so so then the the it starts for me. I'll go into, you know, all these stats of top three. You know, a lot of CBS Sports and MLB and fan. You know what I mean? I just start reading like mm-hmm. a, like a crazy person. Um, People that really watch baseball and follow baseball every single minute of the day um, as a profession, right? So I'll look at their stats and who who their picks are and sleeper picks and go from there. You know what I mean? Because I, I know, you know, generally, like, I've got my... And then I also write down a wish list. Yeah. And this will keep me entertained for hours and hours <laughs> and hours. Well, the crazy thing is now is, like, the experts... I mean, nobody knows really at the end of the day also. Because, like, even fantasy football, it will go into, like, we don't know if uh, so-and-so is playing, and then his wife is on Instagram with them at the movies, and it's like, oh, I guess he's not playing. Yeah. Like, that's how they find out. Yeah, it's crazy. (laughs) It's crazy. Another thing, too, is, which this is why it's such a learning curve, and I learned this was the lesson last year. You can go on these, like, projected lineups, right? Mm -hmm. Because even if you like the player and let's say they're the next best player off the board, give or take, you might already have two first basemen, right? Or it's or, or, so let's say I, I need a second baseman, right? But you already have, let's say, three people on your team that are hitting lo- first. Right. So you're like, well, no, I, I, I need an RBI guy. I need a, you know, like, uh, or I need speed. I, I don't have enough, like the, the, what Trish calls the beautiful mind. Like it's so difficult but I do love it because I've always also loved math. Does it sound like she's having fun? 
I mean. I know. I know. I tell you, I know I sound like a crazy person, but there's so many different factors. But what I learned is you can go on these MLB projected lineups, Uh right? So I'll be looking at like a projective lineup for the, I don't know, Kansas City Royals, right? I don't know. I don't know who's batting seven for the, I don't even, I don't frankly care who's batting seven for the Kansas City Royals. I don't think they know right now. No, the the Kansas City Royals, I don't know if they have a full squad yet. Uh, But, oh, and then your Padres. My Padres. Well, I know that's I'm I know it's that. your cards, but I, I do feel like you always have a little a sweet spot for San Diego. I think they're going to actually be good. Um, it's, it's entirely possible. It's entirely possible. Or it could be right in the shitter. Or we could be. Or you guys could be <laughs> terrible. That's a, that's like a good assessment of the Padres every single year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but so then the whole point is, it's like you'll go to a projected lineup and it'll be like this guy's batting first, right? So I'll go. Oh, I need a, a leadoff guy. Mm-hmm. But then. The starting lineup comes out on April 1st or now March 30, and he's batting sixth. And yeah. you're like, no, no, no. I took him because so you so that's this whole factor. So you have all these sleepers and projections and stuff like that, but you don't know. You really don't know. Yeah, they were even the Yankees, they were batting, they were thinking about having Judge bat second until yeah. his shoulder gets full strength. Yeah. yeah. So that like and changes Bert, everything. Yeah, <laughs> I, it's just it's so interesting because it, there's so much. So year, I think it was last year. I got so I got I got really like emotionally involved. Mm-hmm. And uh, but and you then, don't fan it out like if you you just don't pick all Yankees. You pick like I oh if there's if there's like you know a margin of error or like in the you know I'll always pick like I picked Bird, which was just yeah. like a, a a labor of love. I picked Aaron Judge. So far up in the up in the you know what I mean I I picked Aaron Judge last year when no one knew who Aaron Judge was and I picked Aaron Judge, um, because they didn't even know. Well, it was really far down. I don't know why is it not say where I picked Aaron Judge here. Um, oh, I picked Aaron Judge all the way down here because they didn't even know if he was going to play. Right, right. So I picked him in the I don't know what would be like the fifteenth or sixteenth round. That's great. Um. So yeah, there's if there's and honestly she meant to pick Aaron Hicks. <laughs> here's uh here's here's what I was gonna ask you, Aaron. Give me some cards. Okay. Give me some cards to look at. Sure. I mean, I doubt a lot. Many of these are available. I I would think Waka's still gonna have a good year. If you want to pick him back up. Yeah, you know this would be my third year trying with that him, with him, and I like him. But sometimes you just get so saturated. Yeah, but and you I have know to what pick you mean. Pitchers, too. Yeah, well, we get twenty-two picks. Yeah, so it's pitchers, relief, it's everything. Yeah, that's crazy. I can't keep track of. Pitchers. Well, it's insane. I mean, look at this. This is like this is literally going to be my life for the next like three weeks. No month. It starts on the twelfth. I have the first <laughs> pick on the twelfth. And it'll go for until opening day. The only one I did this year was uh, I did the pool where you just picked one team to win every week for football. Yeah. And I just picked against the Browns every week. So I won a signed uh, Bo Jackson football. Oh, my God. (laughs) That's awesome. That's actually such a good strategy. All right. Give me some more cards. What what do we think about? uh, Is it Reyes? Alex Reyes? Yeah. Yeah. He's going to be great. Um, I was reading he, up on him. He he probably won't start. He probably won't play. He won't be in the big leagues till May first, at least. So. Okay. I was thinking so about trying to pick him up like later round. Yeah. If you can, yeah, if you can, you're just going to be without him for a month. Yeah. What but, about Matt Carpenter? 
I love him. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure where he's going to hit this year. He's always a better leadoff guy, but without with zero speed, he's a great leadoff hitter. It, it's just mind-boggling. But uh, how about Ozuna? Oh, Ozuna! I, mean, I think I'm, he's going to kill so it, right? For that guy. Yeah. yeah, I think here's here's my with my first pick. Um, Oh my god! It sounded like it sounded like something official. Like with Aaron Foley's <laughs> first pick of the draft, she picks. I think there's a shot. Well, I mean, I, I I think no, I don't think anybody had. I don't think it. Well, I mean, I guess Ozuna could be someone's keeper. I think that's a little bit of a stretch. Um, I do think there's a couple of guys. I just was like skimming over people's keepers from last year and then their first couple, you know, rounds. Um, but this guy, Phil, that always wins it, and he's my nemesis. So his, what's the, uh, are you allowed to say what the, is it a big prize? Is it like No. Oh, my God, it? no. No, we, I think we all put in $130, and if you win, it's like 500 bucks or 400 bucks, something like that. It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. But it's not like yeah, nobody gives you like a vacation home. For no, a you week. get like a, a trophy and a couple hundred bucks because I split it the first year. Yeah. Oh, really? Or no, no, I guess technically I came in second, even though it was a sort of a tie. Um but like this dude's Phil, his keepers are Chris Bryant, Mike Trout, Bryce Harper, and Andrew Bregman. Or, well, it won't be Bregman. I guess I'll have to, um, you know, because that won't be his rookie keeper. But you know, so there will be on the first pick, there'll be a there'll there'll be like an all star for sure. Right. Like, and I'm thinking like a Freddie Freeman. He might be a veil. Yeah. Um. Wait. So give me top three cards. Top three cards. Yeah. Any uh, position. Yeah, I mean Tommy Pham, Marcelo Zuna, yeah, uh, Carlos Martinez. Yeah, what do you think about? Uh, just give us a real quick. What do you think about how Carlos Martinez is going to wear his hair? Uh, it's probably going to be horrible. It's <laughs> it's super long right now. That was it's one of my long. favorite ba- yeah. baseball conversations last year. We'd come in and be like, Aaron would get real fired up by Carlos Martinez's hair, right? Because what was it when he had the blue braids in? He wasn't pitching well. <laughs> he, on opening day, he just has normal hair. He pitched great. He pitched like seven or eight innings. Yeah. Of, of one run baseball. Then for his next two starts, he had extensions in. <laughs> This so is the baseball like, stories I like to cover. Yeah, he had like blue extensions. He looked like Johnny Cueto. Yeah. He was it was a bad Johnny Cueto. Yeah. It was a poor man's Johnny Cueto. Couldn't have been more obvious, and uh, yeah. he was awful. It was bad. I don't know if that should be legal. He took him out, though. Yeah, he took him out. He pitched I think better. he heard Aaron through the ATC comedy booth. Um, <laughs> I don't think I was the only one Everybody. Mad, if anyone has eyesight, yeah. yeah. I mean, how was that? How was that guy not? If I was a teammate, I would literally rip him a new him. Like I would be teasing him nonstop. They were constantly asking Mike Matheny, the manager, who doesn't like to say anything, and he was just like, "It's a choice." <laughs> 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 well, the crazy thing is, I was noticing in spring training what the catchers would wear. When did the pads on the back of your leg become like a thing because you can basically sit on these pads knee savers that yeah. they put is that what they call them yeah, they're knee savers. see that's oh. past my time even did you ever see those i don't think i what did they like prop them up oh, yeah, yeah they're, they're basically like, they're like, like a wedge a wedge oh that you sit on which is on the back of your heels oh so it's like it's, it's like from, it's from high calf, ankle lower yeah, it's calf, calf yeah, lower it's on like heel. the back oh You've never, never seen those I don't before? Think ever, I honestly don't think I've ever seen them. You should look it up. It's a, I, I don't knee know when sa- it... They're called knee savers? Mm-hmm. I oh. guess I, di- I do remember seeing it in like girls' college softball, and then I just started noticing it in 
baseball. There's definitely a lot of people in baseball that don't wear them because yeah. I, it reminded me because I did a show in Boston and a kid I grew up with came to the show and it was the one year that I caught. It was like the the first level after Little League. Yeah. And oh, I was like, oh, it'd be cool to wear the pads. Yeah. And uh, and so I caught for one year and it was so miserable. It was. It's, I played catcher for one game. Really. And it. I I have never been so. Um, I would use the word scared. <laughs> I, I I really was. I was. I I could catch anything. I was playing like short infield, and mm-hmm. these people would be barreling the ball at me. No fear. But that catcher, oh my god! Of course, there was a play at the plate. Of course, of course. Yeah. And you have to whip off your thing, right. and there's the balls coming at you, 100 miles an hour. The ladies whipping around third, coming right at you. I was like. No, <laughs> I, I will never forget that. I was like, no, it was one game, one game. And I was like, nope. Yeah. And you it leave the mask t- on, by the terrifying. way, it's supposed to protect you. Well, no, not when the ball's coming in. You have a play at the plate. Why? Couldn't I couldn't see the, see the ball. ball. I had glasses. Oh, geez. I had glasses on under my mask. Headgear, the fact right? that I struggled with my <laughs> self-esteem is shocking. Yeah. I had literally glasses underneath a catcher's mask. Oh, the whole thing was just terrifying. Yeah, oh. I just noticed like how, because I, I don't remember how much it hurt my knees when I was a kid. I just remember I didn't like it. Yeah. But now when I see a 28-year-old guy that has to crouch down for three hours a day, I'm I, like, how, how does he do, what kind of yoga is he doing that his yeah. knees still bend like that? And then that's, and it's also one of my all-time favorite, like that's why I love Wilson Contreras so much, because when he just pops down and throws it to second mm-hmm. 800 miles an hour on the glove from his knees. It's like the most, it's one of my all time favorite plays in baseball. I yeah. think it's, it's like the most beautiful play, which by the way, uh, Sanchez still can't catch. He's, he's, <laughs> co- he's coming around the improvements he's made. He has an amazing arm Yeah, because it just reminded me because he couldn't catch it. He kept dropping. It was the first year, was but rough. then he, he was like kind of behind a runner and just basically threw somebody out at second, like after a pitch, yeah, and picked the guy off. Yeah, so his arm is amazing, but he just can't. He, he just, you know, they'll get a, they'll get some super catcher guru, and I mean that's why I love Girardi. I still can't believe he's gone. Yeah, uh, because I felt like he advanced Sanchez. Like you know what I mean? I was like, this is the perfect guy to have as a coach of Sanchez because right. he's such a budding star, but he's well, he going to wind up as DH or first base real quick if he can't yeah, he get together behind Posada the Yeah, he taught Posada how to catch. Posada yeah. was a terrible catcher when he first got there. And then it was like one of the greatest, you know, his time behind Girardi was just like the greatest thing ever. All right, give me two Yankees, not outside. Think outside. Outside. Uh, because Stanton will be gone, Judge I have, and Sanchez will be gone. And Bird, I like Bird. Bird. Now Bird's on my wish list. Okay. What do you think about pitching? Let's just talk Yankee pitching real That's quick. That's tough because they pitched so many guys, and there were so many stories. Even that's kind of amazing too. Is like yeah. you have, because isn't there a guy that they're talking about that is gonna bat and pitch for some for other the team? Angels, the, yeah. the Angels, the o- Otani or Ohani yeah. or yeah, like those kind of stories. Like so, they had uh, I forget the guy's name now even, but. Basically, he was a starting pitcher for the Yankees, wasn't cutting it, was only throwing like high, like low 90s, like 90-91 as a starter. And they're like, you know what, we're going to probably get rid of this kid. Let's just pitch him out of the bullpen. Starts pitching in AAA last year, now throws like 97, 96 
in these like one or two inning things. That's and awesome. so now he it's like changed his career and he's like going to be like a mid relief guy. But isn't that amazing that it like amazing. they could almost like the the Wakefield thing is the craziest one that he's like a first baseman that and crazy. somebody just sees him throwing a knuckleball. Yeah. And says you're gonna be the starting pitcher <laughs> that was that that was the only i i always had such a soft spot for tim wakefield and that was the only bummer that was on his ball that boone hit it out yeah that, that was the only i was like oh god pedro any of those boston pitchers that i hated but it was wakefield was the only one that i was like oh i loved it well if you talk i mean this you're a good person to talk my my i've always had a theory that the first female professional baseball player is going to be a knuckleball pitcher. Well, it would ma- it certainly makes sense. Yeah. I mean, and that's really the only option when you when you honestly think about it, because physical structure we 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 can't we physically can't do a ninety something. You know what I mean? Right. Like the the beauty of watching the collegiate women's uh, uh, softball tournament is that under underhanded those pitches and mm-hmm. the movement of 67 yeah. miles an hour. Like I love watching collegiate softball. Right. Um, but when you think about it, just physically, there's no way we could, pl- there's, I mean, defensively maybe, you know what I mean? Like, out, like, but, but hitting just, it's, that's why the arguments are so crazy because, but a knuckleball, a specialty pitch like that, I could see that. Yeah, because and I don't know if you have you seen there's a there's a documentary called Knuckleball because there's basically only like five guys left that throw it. Yeah. And obviously they all came from the Necro brothers. Like even those yeah. guys learned it from them and they're all friends and everything like That's that. Crazy. So in the documentary, I think I saw in Florida too. There's only one of them that's still alive, Joe or Phil Necro, and he taught his granddaughter how to throw a knuckleball and she was mowing down people in little league like she was the best oh pitcher God, in this little so league awesome. so i was always like oh wouldn't that be awesome if like the yeah. granddaughter of the negroes was like the first oh major league forget pitcher. it i would just start crying and that's happiness. a movie right there there's a movie right there it'd be much more believable than the show pitch i know which was <laughs> so frustrating which was frustrating groundbreaking but frustrating all right <sighs> we i know we got to wrap it up Let's reel it in. All right, listen, I just want to cover this, and we'll do feel-good moment of the week. Um, She Believes Cup. Uh, it's such a fantastic soccer tournament. We've got, hopefully, I'll, I'll put this out tomorrow or Wednesday because I go to San Antonio, which I'll talk about in a second. Um, Wednesday night, you've got the finale. You've got USA versus England. England manhandled France 4-1. Uh, we beat Germany 1-0. Those were Thursday games. Sunday morning, I woke up at 9 a.m. Women's so- women's soccer. I mean, just have it. There's no other. But there's no better way to wake up. I had my coffee and I watched my sweet uh, uh, lady soccer players. Uh, we didn't play great. Uh, we we tied France one one because France got so the coach got so angry at her players that she replaced eight of them. What? She replaced eight of them. I guess she played a lot of rookies and like uh, you know just kind of younger talent, mm-hmm. not rookies, younger talent, and um, you know they didn't do well. Uh, because they're younger talent, and she just was like, and she like ripped him a new one in the press. Anyway, so they came out very char- charged up, <laughs> and they played wonderful. They really played good ball. And we, uh, uh, Jill Ellis is our coach, and she has won a World Cup. And I'm not going to question her decisions. It's just the tinkering, the tinkering, the tinkering. Plus, we have some injuries. Anyway, we tied one one. Uh, highlights: Tierna Davidson. She's a sophomore for Stanford. Just won a collegiate tur- tournament. 
with Stanford last year, I want her to jump ship and uh, turn pro because I thought she was fantastic. And um, U.S. Uh, lady soccer fans will be very, I, I thought, Nair in goal, because uh, I, I miss Hope Solo every day of my life, um, had some really good saves. And since she's the person we're going with, I was really happy for her because she needs a lot more confidence. Mm-hmm. So I was happy with that. Um, anyway, England's on a tear. They tied Germany 2-2. So we both go in on Wednesday's matchup in Orlando on Wednesday, March 7th, with one win and a tie, winner take all. Wow. Very excited. Where is Hope Solo now? She's retired? Hope Solo was forced into retirement. Um, The U.S. women's national team will not have her back. um, They never liked her. They never liked her because um, she, you know, listen, I'm not going to argue her off-the-field play was uh, suspect at best, but... Then she comes back and just is like the voice for the you know equal pay, and a real dysfunctional, uh, misogynistic uh, USA soccer mm-hmm. um, foundation. So, yeah, that's it. She's well, done. She's the best goalie in the history of soccer, and she literally they will not let her back on. But I remember that uh, even when she was the best, they started somebody in front of her. Remember, like she kind of had the force their hand well to even get her shot well because they pu- they, they like pulled the her during like the brazil game no yeah. i think this was even before like when she didn't it was like the first time she got the start and she was like i've been better than this lady Brianna for Curry. years yeah and they still won't start me and then they finally yeah she's she's out. outspoken right so right. you're supposed to get in line and and you know count your blessings and she's like no and and that that confidence and that mentality made her the best, and it also did her in. So can't she go to like? Uh, no, she they they literally will not. Country? Well, no, I she mean, can go to Europe. I yeah. guess she can go to Europe. Canada. It's just it's so. I, I, it, it makes me it makes me volatile. Um, two feel good moments of the week. One of them is from the She Believes Cup. Uh, they always have a a contest to highlight. Um, highlight a, a, a female uh, athlete uh, that does all kinds of charity work. It, it's sort of like a, a She Believes Cup winner. Mm-hmm. And the winner, and I thought this was the cutest story, and I'll, I'll, I'll post it on, on Facebook, was uh, Hollis uh, Belger. I think I'm getting that night right. I'm looking it up on uh, my email, pa- my email, and now I can't find it. Um, but do you remember where I, I sent it to you, or didn't I? Here we go. Yes. Okay. Uh, Hollis Belger, she's raised almost $200,000 uh, oh, for right, kids yeah. with cancer for St. Jude by juggling soccer balls. That's crazy. Her previous record is 1,646, and then she just broke a record. This is consecutive times juggling a ball, 2,071. That's unreal. <laughs> I, mean, I could probably get 10. Juggling a soccer ball 2,071 times in a row and is raising all this money along the way for kids with cancer. She is such a role model. She's 12 years old. Oh, that's amazing. They got her to the Red Bull Arena in in Jersey, and she met all the players and practiced with them. It was so feel-good and so sweet. Um, And then this came from the NFL Combine, which, of course, I watched some of. Uh, Shaquem, Shaquem, Shaquem Griffin. Um, and also, I love that he's a twin. He has one hand, okay? Right, it's, yeah. it's a birth defect, four years old. He has one hand and broke the record right for linebacker for 40-yard dash. Speed, yeah. Speed. Four, three, I think. Four, 
Yeah. 4.38 second, 40-yard dash. Which that's like Olympic yeah. type of speed. And he is 250-some-odd 250, 250 pounds. Huge. Yeah, he's huge. Yeah. Oh, he's 227 pounds and won a four. He did a 4.38 in the 40. And he has, so he doesn't have, he had a birthday effect like where he doesn't have a, fingers. He's got like kind of a, it almost looks like a, it's either a metal or a plastic kind of just basic, like a pincher. Yeah. But he, I think he broke like the, the weightlifting. He thing did 20 too. times. Yeah. I don't know if he broke it, but he was competitive. He was benching, benching. With like this thing, but he was, That he connected and put around. Yeah, he did unreal. 20 push-ups and God knows how many pounds with one hand. Yeah. That's just that just goes to show you that that whole. I mean, I do watch the Jim Abbott no hitter like every once in a while. It's like the most just the fact that this guy has one arm and everything in his life he figured out the system on his own. So this guy, nobody has the same exact same thing, and he yeah. had to like figure out yeah how to do this. It's got to be it's it's just. I mean, he's, he can already be an inspirational speaker, I'm sure, before even starting yeah. his career. Yeah, and they career. said he's got, like, he's so infectious, he's so great to be around. Yeah. They, they they likened him to, like, a couple people had said after they met him, it was like, um, who's the uh, UCLA LA guy with the pyramid, the the, the coach... Um, Wooden, John oh, Wooden. Yeah, John. They're like he has like John. Like you leave and you're like you want to rethink your whole life. Right, right. So he's like he's just like he's gonna get drafted. Yeah. And he wasn't even invited to the combine. I guess he killed it in the Senior Bowl and then was invited like late January. Oh really? Ah, uh, it's so good. And he has yeah. a twin brother that went to the Seahawks in the third round and beat all his times in weightlifting. Wow, that's amazing. So amazing. Feel good moments. Uh, plural of the week. Uh, Paul, I feel like I could talk to you for another hour and a half, but we have to wrap this up. Can you come we back? Have to go. Sure. Um, yeah, this is fun. It's it's reminding me of a lot of s- stuff, too. I have two things to say. Uh, my mom ran the uh, the Olympic torch uh, for the C- Seattle or the Salt Lake City Games. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, we didn't even... You have to come back so we could just do an episode on your mom and her marathons. And I, uh, Alex Rodriguez was in my yoga class two weeks ago. <laughs> Why didn't you say that in the beginning of the show? A-Rod was in your yoga class? Did you see him on Center Night Live this week? Oh, boy. No, I just saw that I saw that he was on there, but I didn't yeah. see what sketch he was on. Yeah, it was just stupid. I don't know why. Center Night Live is so hit or miss. But wait, how did you, what, like, just real quick. I know we have to go. But <laughs> what, I mean, did you, were you like downward dog? And you're like, holy crap, that's A-Rod? No, the crazy thing is. You know, you're you go to the yoga, and I know that's the funny part to most people that I do yoga. That's a hard first sentence to just get past. <laughs> but, I was uh, like unfazed <laughs> by it because it's L.A. I'm like I'm too completely unfazed. But uh, yeah, it was is a place that's right next to um, Universal City, and apparently J Lo was like practicing for the Super Bowl. Okay. And I didn't know all this. I ju- I was just trying to verify that like it definitely he was there and it was him, and so I go into the the locker room and there's just like a big guy that's the thing i didn't notice there's just a, a guy with no shirt but like sweatpants on but like big like yeah six five or whatever and you're like this guy's like a football player taking yoga and i'm kind of rushing so i'm almost like trying to get around him so like i get around him once and then when you go to the locker like you know how they're like close together so i'm putting stuff in and then i Turned out, and then when I come back, he's like in front of my locker. Oh my god! 
and I'm like, hey, I really just need to like get in. And he turns around, and then it's like clearly him. Oh my god! So it was just weird because I'm usually wearing like a Yankee hat or something yeah, like that, and Yankee I didn't stuff. have anything on. You weren't and, wearing yeah. a full Yankee yoga onesie. <laughs> I can't believe you weren't in your yoga onesie. Oh my god! But yeah, crazy. he was. Uh, he was there. I guess he needed to work out or something. Or oh, a Rod, <laughs> God, it's such mixed emotions. He didn't, yeah, you didn't offer to like shoot him up or anything. Yeah. So, oh man, I can't. Can we inject I, you, bro. I hated him as a. God, I hated. He him. definitely is like he's a physical like he he could be be like an NFL football player like yeah. he's that that big. But um, he, he didn't need it, but he chose to, and he uh, ruined his uh, ruined everything for me. Uh, but. I do appreciate the juicing in 2009. We got past the twins and we won it all. That's the best line in that uh, other guy's movie when they're <laughs> when the guy sh- shoots Derek Jeter. He's like, Mark Wahlberg's doing like security and he sees like a dark guy with a bat. He's like, there's a guy with a bat. He's coming for me and he and he shoots Derek Jeter <laughs> and they're like. And I got fired for shooting this guy. He's like, because you shot Derek Jeter. He's a biracial angel. <laughs> and, the, and the other guy's like, you should have shot A-Rod. <laughs> <laughs> biracial angel. Oh, my God. Yeah, Jeter and Navratilova, my top two athletes uh, that I need to meet and uh, hang out with. Oh, nice. Um, all right, Paul, where are you? Where can people find you and go see you? Perform? Whoa, uh, Indianapolis. In Chicago this weekend, also at the uh, headline of the Comedy Store in La Jolla at the end of the month, the 29th, March 29th, 30th, March Madness. Uh, Just go to paulhasawebsite.com. Paulhasawebsite.com. Easy to remember, paulhasawebsite.com. And I will link it and attach uh, all of it in the the episode breakdown. Uh, If you live in San Antonio and adjacent, I will be at the LOL Club in San Antonio. Not the one downtown, the one um, near the airport in a mall. It's It's actually one of my favorite clubs because it's one of my favorite staffs. Uh, I enjoy every time I go to San Antonio. So this is uh, March 8th, Thursday, March 8th through Sunday, March 11th. Everything is on AaronKFoley.com. San Antonio, LOL, March 8th through March 11th. I will put this up before I leave. So this will probably be up uh, probably the morning of the 7th. Um, that is it. Thank you. Yeah, thank High you. five. This that was so fun. easy and wonderful to talk to you. You're the yes. best. Well, good luck with your fantasy baseball season. Fantasy baseball. I will be reporting on Aaron more baseball. Thank you, Aaron. <laughs> I've been asleep for four months. I know. I, we, I, we have to bring smelling salts until I, <laughs> I to get Aaron uh, awake and alive before we talk baseball. Yeah, there's no St. Louis basketball. I know. For sure. <laughs> Sports without balls. Fans, friends, family. Have the best week of your life. Yeah, I forgot.